hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey guys, welcome back to the HA podcast recovery story today for you guys. I have Anna joining me. Um, she was a client. She recently recovered and I love, I just like loved her journey, loved her story. It was fun just watching her solve all her own problems and like talk herself through everything. So I just think that she'll be um, such a great person to present her story and all that she learned along the way. So anyways, welcome. 
Hello. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're pumped. We're pumped. I, I'm I, pumped I, I, to I have do. you here. Yeah, I just had to laugh when you said it was so fun to watch her just solve her own problems. <laughs> because I mean yeah 100% we get emails from you where you're just like all right here's my problem and here's what I think is happening and it's probably just this yeah but I just want confirmation that this is the thing (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's great (laughs) yeah so like you did it you did it yourself you did the whole thing um but what I I think what I kind of love is how uh I think you have a, a great example of a story that feels like every day is just like is this working this is so hard um but then when you look back and see like the recovery cycle and everything you know it actually happened somewhat timely but it's just a great example of like this feels like forever and this feels like it's not working um but it will so I just want to know the story like I want to hear you tell it from start to finish we need to we need to like decompress we need to debrief what happened so now is a good time so please kick me off like where where does this whole journey start for you like were you were you a young girl in a small chalet in the alps (laughs) of austria or like what you know where does this start right so she's saying chalet in austria because i live in austria (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not initially um, near the mountains, of course, because that's Austria. But honestly, I looking back, and I think that also kind of already dives into a, a revelation that we had along the coaching. But I think it did start like way, way back. I'm 28 now, so it started pretty much when I was a teenager um, or a kid or whatever, um, just being active and eating and training a lot and being competitive or whatever and whatnot um, and never really having any problems with my menstrual cycle so it was all good until I was until I started until I stopped um, endurance training um, and decided that wasn't for me anymore until I didn't want to do anything competitive with that anymore and decided I would go into competitive bodybuilding, which is such a classic, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for real. And, and I wonder, you know, what yeah. I'm curious about too, actually, is like, what was the thought process of that? Because that didn't happen to me. I never went into bodybuilding. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I think it just was like, uh, I think I, it honestly just looked too hard. And I think I knew that I was having so much trouble already with like following my diet that I just didn't think I had like what it took. (laughs) But what is the, um, what is the thought process there of like, you know, what seems like a good idea bodybuilding? Yeah. Um, I mean, in all honesty, just what you just said, it, it just seemed too hard. It just seemed so freaking hard. It just seemed so like such a big thing that I but that you had to do it (laughs) and had to do it like it was just I was honestly I was back then I I might yeah I was just like okay so I can I can I can run I can do this I can do that I'm I'm good at that it was hard but I did Mm -hmm. it now what's the next thing that is different but still so hard can I still endure it can I push to my limits and I've always been that kind of person 
ever like ever since I can think that's also like something my mom always said to me like you're someone can you just stop like always pushing your limits um and I think that was what got me into bodybuilding it's just something where I could push my limits um and got it I mean yeah that went well first because I was just building muscle I was training I was having fun yeah I was tracking my macros and doing meal plans and whatever but I was eating and I wasn't stressing um the only stress I had was not eating enough because I wanted to build muscle right that that was it um and and then I did my first competitive season in I think 2020 or 2021 I'm not sure um but but it was a long season like I prepped so I did a competitive prep which is like the diet for the shows for over or like almost six months six to seven months um and I mean that's just how long it takes for someone who's natural who's not on any you know like whatever um, to just really shred down, like shred down. And I lost my cycle. And I didn't think much of it because in in the bubble of bodybuilding, it is normal, quote unquote, to lose your cycle. And you're told that it's mm. totally normal, of course, because it's like a nor- obviously log- logically a normal reaction to your body just being stressed out, not having enough nutrients and, and whatnot, right? And you feel it, you're dead, you're tired, but you don't care because you're like, okay, I'll get it back after. So that was like one thing where I lost my cycle for the first time, um, but didn't think much of it. Um, and the doctors back then, I when I went to the doctor just to get checked up and she asked me yeah, when I had my last period and I was like well it was like I don't know like four months ago like five months ago she was like and I was just like why and I was like well I'm, I'm an athlete blah 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 and she's like oh okay yeah sure um what once you once you, once you probably are not in a diet it'll come back whatever it's fine which it obviously isn't but just hearing that also made me think like okay it's fine you know hmm. um and then I I got it back. I got it back after I would say like again five or six months. And it took me pretty long because I didn't put on weight very quickly after my shows, but I like I just stayed right. relatively I yeah, relative not stage lean, but relatively lean. Um, and then I got it back. And the way I got it back this time was I was actually, I was actually still training, I have to say, um, but I was eating more. And the thing is, I got a period back. But looking okay. back now with all that I know, um, I'm I'm not sure if I ovulated each time because my cycles were very long. They were like 45 days, um, sometimes like 50 days. And it and just very irregular. But but I had them. So I was like, okay, like fine. It'll be fine. Um and and I just I just did it to get my cycle back, but I didn't actually work on the problem of ovulation etc and the thing is I always in the back of my mind knew 
that I was going to cut again. I was like, I'm just going to get the weight on, get my period back, and then I can cut down again, which I did. Because I was really unhappy in my body and I didn't actually work on the things that 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 made, gave me the thoughts of I, I want to cut back again. You know what I mean? Right. Like I didn't actually, yeah. I just ignored them. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, that's what I did. I cut again. <laughs> um, I, I had my cycle for like four, I had like four cycles and then I cut again um, mm. and I lost my cycle again after I think two months of or three months of cutting pretty harshly um I I stopped my cut I got it back again and then I was like okay if I can get it back this easily I can I can just continue my cut again right (laughs) yeah and 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 then I and then yeah and then I didn't get get it back that easily and then I came to you that was it (laughs) and I mean I I still I cut down a lot yeah yeah, why do you think it didn't work the same? Like you couldn't do it the same way? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yes. Um, and that also that's what I mentioned with I think that relates to like the beginning of my athlete being. Um, is mm. I I didn't just cut down weight or fat or whatever. I completely stressed out my body I completely stressed out my whole system like from head to toe I didn't just diet and cut what I did was I was cutting for once yeah for my look appearance I wanted to lean down I wanted to get shredded blah blah blah. um but I also was training next to that for a half marathon so I was running I think four times a week, I did one long run, one tempo run, one easy run, one regular run. Then I trained um, four times a week, pretty, in- not pretty intensely, very intensely with heavy weights. Um, I did um, high intensity on my air bike, on my assault bike. And the thing is, I did most of my training in the morning. I on fast, like fasted. I didn't even eat. Um, and the first meal I had was at like 11 or 12 and I did my heavy lifting session um, in the in the morning. I did my runs in the morning or my high intensity in the morning. I drank a lot of caffeine um, and was working a lot. And all of that together, I think this time was just complete overload and I do think that my body was still somewhat traumatized from my bodybuilding from the competitions that it kind of pro- or I, that's what I think I think it bounced back to thinking oh my god she's doing it again right and kind of just shut itself down yeah almost like became and- more stubborn like like we think you know we had the period because we thought we were coming out of this but we're not And now we're learning that this is a cycle and like, we're going to have to like dig in and buckle down because, because we, we actually don't come out of fasts um, for long enough and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool theory. Yeah. So I hope that all made, I hope that all made sense. (laughs) It was clear. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but Yeah. yeah, I think that's basically what it came down to this time as to why, it was kind of, for me at least, 
how I felt in that moment hard to get it back. Now, looking back, it was the fastest I got it back, like I ever got it back. I mean, it wasn't that long, but but in that moment, it felt so hard. And the reason why is because I, I literally went cold turkey. Like I was like, mm. okay, I can't, like this is enough. I, I, I'm not living within my values anymore. This is not what I want. This is not what I want for my life in a year. Um, this is not where I want to be going. And I don't see anything good happening from this if I continue doing this. Like it's not going to come back mm. if I just continue. So I went cold turkey. I stopped running. I stopped even my lifting that I love so freaking much. Like I love to lift. That's what I love. Um, and I just cut it out. I cut out my most of my walking. I ate so much. <laughs> um, and I applied for your coaching. And that's, that's basically mm. how our journey started. I love that. Yeah. You kind of have to reach a, like a massive frustration point. And I think that's okay. You yeah. know, that's where most of us end up. All right. All right. So what did we do? <laughs> like what were the main things that you changed that maybe you didn't, you hadn't done yourself? Um, let's start. Yeah. Let's start there. It's a good spot. Yeah. Um, so I think definitely the first thing that we did was, or what, what you told me to do is basically simple things like swapping out ingredients. Um, we knew like that I had a very structured way of eating. I do just because, you know, I'm used to like, it's what I've always done. So I'm, it's a no brainer for me to have high protein, to have like several meals a day Um, I'm not afraid of carbs or anything but it was basically just swapping out the low fat for the high fat Um, and not thinking I'll have one carb source but I'll actually have whatever carb source says I can have like if I want to have I don't know pasta with tomato sauce and I don't know what beef inside but I also want to scoop the sauce with the bread that's fine like like and I can drizzle olive oil on it too you know like thinking like more like what can I put yeah. into my meal rather than just like not what can I the not rules. put into it because yeah mm-hmm. exactly exactly and so that was that. yeah um yeah with food and obviously exercising which was <laughs> I think for me the one of the hardest things until the very, very point that I got my period where I was like going back and forth, like, I just, I just really want to do it. Um, where you basically challenged me to, to decide on my own um, what I want to do. It's like, yeah, like we knew that I got it back by training once, but it took a while and was it really like, an ovulation the period and whatnot or was it just like a bleed um and we wouldn't know how long it would take and and this time and you basically asked me do you want your period as soon as possible do you want to ovulate as soon as possible or do you want to see what you can do while like what you can recover while Mm -hmm. still training and how long it might take you then like just putting me on to like 
deciding for myself that was a huge thing for me and just being like okay no I cannot train yeah like I cannot lift yeah so so that yeah. was a huge thing such a good one and it's a re- it's a relatable and important one for everyone is like um you know I came here with this goal but I am asking for permission to do conflicting actions and like you're yeah. your own person so you can <laughs> but we have to yeah. just like get clear because I think that's what it was was like uh and we're so bad at this as people on our own with everything like with finances yeah. with relationships like we muddy the waters with all of these different thoughts and desires but like when you go and talk to your girlfriend about like this guy and the girlfriend's like uh it sounds like he's treating you like shit and you're like yeah no because like there's this bit and there's that bit and it's like they're seeing this more clearly than you right they're like well what do you want do you want to be in a loving relationship or do you want to be in a relationship where you're constantly um having to like prove your worth to that person and yada 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 yeah and we do that with our with our recovery goals where we're like I know I want this recovery but I also want to do all the things that slow it down or move it backwards. And so we just have to get clear on goals. And some people, like, it's okay if people want to have the goal of like, you know, the former of what you said of we can try and get our period back on, um, you know, seeing if we can maintain this, but we must accept that the timeline is going to slow down. Like you're taking yeah. the long way. Um, or if you're here and you're saying, I want to get pregnant, I want to get this period, like the, we have to take the route that we want that takes yeah. us there. And it's, it's like so funny how we're just like not very good at doing that for ourselves. But I will say, and I'm curious what you think of this too. For me, I had the exact same experience, you know, like I want this done. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've taken that now as like a lesson through life. And I feel like I'm always finding parallel situations where I'm faced with like, okay, well, what's the outcome you actually want? And yeah. are you taking the appropriate route or are you taking the delusional route? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So- yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. 100%. It's like, am I just delusional or I don't know? Because the thing is like, when you think about it, it's not like you're giving it up forever, but you want to have it done and the sooner you, ha- you get it done the sooner you can just also kind of like ease back in and move on and just be your new person and I mean if you want something I, and that's I think that's kind of what helped me with this because I I am very goal driven so once I have a goal I'm like okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna just get this done um and the the insignificance of like the time frame that I can train is so like it's so insignificant to what I really desire, what I really want. And and that's mm. kind of what helped me through with this as well. Like just knowing yeah. that it's it's okay. Like my goal is so much bigger bigger than this and it's of so much more value to me than than this right now. And and I mean that's coming from me. Like I that's this is my job. This is my life. This is what I've been doing all along. So so I feel like if I can do this, surely other people can do because it was tough but it was okay and looking back it it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't that it's not that long like it it, I would have been 
I would have been a way more devastated if I still trained right now, but wouldn't have my period yet. Uh, like I would be just imagine the emails you'd be receiving from me like where I'm like oh my freaking god people do it I don't have to imagine yeah. you know it's like yeah. um it, it's it dry it's gonna drive you crazy because like I did it for a little while yeah. too even to myself yeah so like I know how it feels to just be like yeah um when is this going to work <laughs> like yeah. it's it is kind of delusional because like we've really convinced ourselves that we have this path and like this path can work and we lose touch of the fact that like we've made a ton of negotiations and concessions oh, yeah. with no guarantees that it's going to work. Uh, yeah. We get frustrated and people talk in the emails. Sorry, I have a cold. People talk in the emails like, um, and again, I want to say, I do this too. No judgment. This is just like a self-reflection piece for everyone. Like they're like they're going all in. <laughs> like I have been working at this for ages, and it's like yeah, but like you know, you're using a hammer and chisel, at whereas everyone else is like using a power saw and like yeah, an automatic sand. So there's just you know, it's just like we have to just realign with that because if you are okay with using the cha- the hammer and chisel great then there's yeah. nothing to be upset yeah. about right but it's like if we're getting upset about it so that that means that there is a total misalignment of goals and you said like yeah. it didn't take that you know so how long did recovery take for you people want to know they're like what do you mean yeah but it's not that long <laughs> um i th- i think it took us like eight eight weeks ish something like that like not very long I think it was actually I had like a very light bleed like in the first few weeks I think like three weeks of working together and then I had a proper period like five weeks later yeah um and I think like one which is not long like it is not long I didn't think that it would take me this short like I thought it would take much longer because I thought like surely I must be unlucky and I'm sure for other people it might work but like to get it back this fast but I I don't see it happening to me but it did because I went like all in and I think something that also really helped with actually getting it back and that was like um a minor like it seems like a minor tweak but it was kind of a big big tweak I guess is actually I stopped I actually really stopped walking in the morning so I I did the walks in the morning for the first few weeks still eating right after um not drinking caffeine whatever but but actually just not walking in the morning, just actually waking up, doing my routine, eating within like an hour of waking, um, but not walking. I think that may, I actually do believe that made a huge difference because, uh-huh. yeah, because that's when things really sped up with like the mucus and everything. Um, and also not, not drinking caffeine. I think that was also a, a big game changer mm-hmm. for me, just really yeah. getting down my stress levels. Yeah, and those things sound yeah. small and inconsequential. Yeah. But they're huge. Like when yeah. you figure out, oh, I'm I'm getting up and I'm walking and then I'm having breakfast. Right. Like we see it all the time that when because I don't know about you, you really might have a to- like you share. But for me, 
getting like going through recovery, but getting up in the morning and taking my walk before my breakfast because I did it too. Uh, it was a long walk as well. Um, I think the goal for me with that subconsciously was to go through recovery without having to fully let go of like some semblance of diet and control. Like if I can't, like surely I can, surely this is so like so small that it won't really impact my recovery, but Mm -hmm. it at least makes me feel actually hungry by the time I have breakfast so that I don't feel like gross, you know? Um, But actually it is still uh, walking in a deficit. And I don't know, it's like the intention behind it for me, I think was holding me back. And just getting up and having breakfast without having coffee and like relaxing um, and being fed by the time I ever take a stroll in the sun. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's massive. It's a massive difference. And it's like the little yeah. things like that, that we struggle to see, but that we really need to make changes with to truly like the walk before the breakfast, the first thing in the morning is still a masculine energy vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora, cornucopia of things. But in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing and these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even we have created a checklist it's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery and it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off And you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off? Or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's thehasociety.com forward slash blind spot. And it will be waiting for you there. Yeah. And and I agree. I feel feel like even if it is just, subconsciously that that it is because you want to get movement in and that you want to um kind of get some energy expenditure in even if it's just subconscious just breaking up 
those routines, those old routines that kind of led you mm-hmm. to not having a period is major um, and kind of signaling to your brain, hey, we're doing it differently now. Even if you're not, mm-hmm. if your intent isn't whatever to lose weight or whatever on the walk, because we're not delusional, right? We know a walk is not going to like that one walk is not going to make you lose weight, but just breaking up those routines, those rules from, from how you got there. I think that's, that's kind of what makes a huge difference yeah. too. And it, yeah. And I, that's also, I think a huge learning for me from this whole experience um, the summer basically was that I just knowing that I'm really all in and not just physically all in eating and not training and resting, but actually meaning it and and my brain knowing that I mean it, that I don't want to do this anymore, that I don't want to be to myself anymore, that I don't want to treat myself badly anymore. Like I want to be here for my body um and show some self-respect i'm just kind of sending those messages to my brain i i also believe that that makes a huge difference because they're so like the body and the brain are so intertwined they you can't trick your own brain you can't trick your own brain like if <laughs> that's just not possible <laughs> um yeah like i mean <laughs> you think but you can't so i i think that just makes a huge difference into uh-huh. how your recovery in general goes it's so it's so true like it's so I you know I think that um until you can really really look at your life and be like I need to like it needs to change and I'm not this is not a means for me to get back to what I was doing before in exactly the same way it's just not going to work. It's just like, you're yeah. not, you're not going to get the result. You know, you might get some finicky periods and they're going to go right away again because it was never like you, you know, your brain, there's no difference between you restricting food and forcing yourself to exercise and some other slave driver locking you in a cellar and making yeah. you, and doing that to you too. There's no difference. Um, it's a really stressful situation to be in. Um, even though it doesn't feel stressful to us, it feels amazing yeah. to us, right? It's like, let, let's just take a second too to acknowledge that while, while it's very freeing to move away from all of that and like our eyes are open to this other beautiful way of living life in a more kind of fluid, chilled sense, um, you know, there's a mourning process as well that goes into yeah, um, your old life. So how was that for you? Because like fitness and I mean, when we first had our call, you were like, so this is my job. Yeah. You know, like, like I'm a fitness <laughs> trainer. How I yeah. look is like my product, you know, yeah. um, and and you liked your routine and you liked how you did. And you were like very content. So what was it? You know, how's tell me about that. <laughs> Oh, it was, you know, but it was, it was so tough. Um, It was so hard and it sucked so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, on the one side, I had my job, like I still have my job, but my job was where I, I was like, okay, I, it's, 
I, I know that my clients don't come to me because of my looks. Like that's not going to be the main thing here. But also, we also know that our looks in our profession kind of make a difference. Um, that was one thing. And then the other thing was if I didn't look the part, okay, but then could I at least do the part that made me feel like fitness, like lifting, like the thing that I'm working on. Um, and knowing that I couldn't do both was hard. Um, so that was scary, but I, I, I made myself question like what even what my values and my job are and I, I didn't want to feel like an imposter or whatever um saying that I'm so healthy and saying that I'm so fit while I'm not so I decided to I just decided that it's that it's better for my job and for myself and for my future if I actually recover and not train and just be authentic when it comes to that mm. um even though that was super super hard but that was my job but then my job was one thing and it was easier to justify justify this one to be honest because the hard part was actually just myself my passion for it um and in my life to be honest and and I don't think for me that that the body image was the biggest struggle to be honest I don't think that I that that was my biggest struggle my biggest struggle was really just that I had to give up what I loved doing. Mm. And that might sound like crazy, but I really, really, really did love it. And it felt so, so empty to me not doing it. And that wasn't because of like a fitness addiction or whatever. It was just truly because I liked doing it. Um, and knowing that that was not possible was hard. And I think that's also like, that was also a reoccurring topic in our emails just just making sure that I keep yes. my head straight with this um yeah it's it's hard but I, I think I think it's just important and that's what I did is, was honestly just reminding myself if, if I'm saying yes to lifting now I'm basically saying no to recovery if I'm saying yes to lifting while recovering I'm basically saying no to fast recovery and those were the little things that helped me really keep going yeah it's a good way yeah, so you're always that. saying when you're saying yes to one method you're saying no to yeah. you need like a like to write it down constantly every day like every time I want yeah, to make a decision, that, put it through yes. the yes, no filter. <laughs> I I literally did that. Like I did that. I, every morning I journal in my little Google mm -hmm. calendar and I, every morning I was like, okay, this today I'm just going to do, I just wrote two things. Like today I'm not going to train today. I'm going to put one step further to recovery. I'm going to dig into deeper into recovery. I'm just going to eat even more. I'm just going to tell my body or tell her that, I, that she's fine, that she's doing good. I'm not going to do this because I want to do this. So I think like little things like that really do help. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say it was, it was that simple because like tears <laughs> were shed. <laughs> and, and I, I was frustrated um, and I was scared that it just wouldn't work. Um, and I was scared that I just, I was scared that I took it too far with my dieting and 
in training and whatever and that my body just didn't trust me anymore and wouldn't go back at all anymore um I was scared yeah but 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 having you like having you in my corner definitely helped me just reassuring and confirming like whenever I had these thoughts like I'm having these thoughts so but I think it is this and but I also think like if I don't do if I do this then it should be fine what do you think and you're you being like no exactly like you're fine like you should be doing exactly that that really helped me um because if I wouldn't have had you I would have just been asking myself these questions kind of like making my decisions or justifying my own in an echo chamber yeah yeah and just like like but what if I'm wrong you know like so it was hard definitely um Mm. but well yeah the the not fitness part was the hardest and and with with the body thing I I like I struggled once like badly once I think and that was when I was visiting my parents and I think I even wrote you like I think I even emailed you that one where I I just noticed my face getting rounder I just noticed not fitting into my clothes anymore I noticed not seeing the lines on my body or the muscle bellies and whatever um and I I was really I was in a really bad mood I was really sad that day actually and I I told my mom I was like you know mom I don't know like this whole thing I just don't feel like myself anymore I can't I can't train all I do is eat I don't mind eating but I'm just I just I don't even know like I'm not doing anything I feel I feel lazy almost and and now I even look at that's what I said like my I look at and my face is so much rounder and then she just like shrugged and she was like so what like who cares if your face is rounder (laughs) and I was like it was yeah it was so straightforward and was so like insensitive but at the moment that's exactly what I needed because I was like you know what who who the heck cares if your face is rounder the only one that actually cares is you and the people that care if your face is rounder like why do they care like why why do you care that they care um and and I think that that's something that really helped me um just just bluntness and just actually saying like who who the hell cares if you if you gain kilos if you if you gain weight if you look different like that's not why people like you that's not why you should be liking yourself and and now I think so much less about my body like I I don't think about my body that often and and I feel so much better in my body than during the time where I was in really freaking great shape like (laughs) my body image and the way I feel within myself now even though I'm not in that shape anymore is a lot better and I think that says a lot about just the look part of this journey totally I feel like I could talk for hours and hours about that that piece of it because I love how you're like the the bluntness of someone just being like like that doesn't matter yeah and you being like (laughs) I never thought of it that way it doesn't matter like why does that why is that so hard and it's also easy to slip back into it 
but it, it's also just as easy now to get back out of it. But it is true. Like people's, m- most of our inaction, like the people listening to, like most of their inaction is based on um, this fear of how others will perceive how they look, which is yeah. like mostly untrue for the small nugget of truth where there is judgment from a small set of useless people um yeah also who cares and like even if they do think that about you and then what like what happens nothing happens like no one explodes you know worst case scenario like someone says something mean um and and like that could happen anyway about something else so it's really it is fascinating our link to it and how like we will stay miserable in our body in, in order to appease opinions that we think other people are going to have of us. Like it's so yeah. weird. like you could just unpack that for days. It, it's crazy. Honestly, it's so crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a huge revelation I had and that helped me even now um yeah now I it's it's just everything just it this sounds so airy fairy and whatever but everything just feels just different honestly um yeah. I I feel different about myself um I do I sometimes still think oh how nice would it be to still be that shredded absolutely I'm just a person that's normal (laughs) but I'm also not like I need to go back ASAP because I kind of respect my body a lot more now than I did before even though what you would think from the outside or what what society would tell you or general the the the, in general people would think is more self-respect um I I did before like being all quote-unquote super healthy and training every single day and looking that part and doing this and that versus now where I do less of it but actually put a lot more self-respect on myself because I know why I'm doing it or not doing it yeah oh yeah in partnership with your body it's just yeah 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 versus it being like this um I know like it's a toddler and we have to like tell it what to do and control every aspect of its life when like you're in partnership and when it says stop, you need to listen to what it's saying. And actually, if anything, it might be your boss, but you know, (laughs) we'll see. see Yeah. I love it. Okay. All right. So for, um, just like a little quick question to, to wrap up. I know that as as a trainer yourself, it's probably changed a little bit of your perspective on how you want to work with your own clients and how you want what you do and give to the world, like how you want that to actually land and contribute to the world. So what, how, how has it changed things for you? Yeah. Um, I've honestly... It, it changed so much like it is crazy how much it changed I evolved so much as a woman within mm-hmm. these few months like in these two months three months 
Um, I, I don't, I see, I definitely see how the menstrual cycle and like the period, everything about it is just, it's not just something that the body does. It's something that is vital. And it's something that is like, you, there's no way around it. Like you can't just say you have it or you don't like you need it. It is so, so vital. It is essential. And such a big part of us and and i i just realized how little space or how little education there is for women out there to actually like really dive into this because the thing is like you think you don't think about the period or you don't think about losing your period un- until you lose it because no one ever told you how important it is and no one ever mm. told you what it is and how it works and, and why it does each things and and that's definitely something that i'm now incorporating into my coaching as well because it's the just the part of losing fat and making your body look a certain part it's just not enough for women it's just not enough and the risk of being too fixated on just the looks that you have and not taking into consideration what it might do to you is just way too high so just finding a way for women that have had HA or that see irregular cycles just showing them a way that they can live a fit life but without taking it to the extremes but having a cycle and having a regular period that's something I definitely want to do. And that's something I'm going to be doing with clients as well. So that's, it's basically changed my whole business. And that says a lot because my business is my baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. And it's so cool. It's so cool though. And like businesses like yours, helping women get fitter, reach goals, body composition yeah. stuff. Like that's honestly a part of the front line too, where, you know, we don't get to attract women until they have a problem. Yeah. Uh, but other people like your business get to um, attract women and stop the problem from occurring or be the first person to suggest to them hey like okay cool those are your goals uh quick quick question first how's your period and they'll be like what why and then you get to explain it and now they know and I think that that's like the root cause stuff like that's the most important thing because a lot of trainers are also responsible for getting their clients in these sticky situations and letting them push it further than they should so I think that's like genius and and the landscape is changing and more and more women are understanding that like their menstrual cycle is something that needs to be taken into account whether they know about HA or not you know they might think like oh my PCOS that needs to be taken into account or just like you they're just seeing it as more important um so yeah, that's definitely something that like I think that will set will set you apart for a long time and like allow pe- yeah. you to pave the way in in that space for yeah. a lot of people. Exciting. Yeah. 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 It was a lot of a lot of growth happening. Yeah. Well, with that, you know, where can people because I feel like as a result, you'll be a great person to go and follow. Where can people yeah. find more about you or following your journey or go and ask you questions if they resonated with your story right um so I'm not sure if you're gonna write my name anyway it's Austrian so it's Anna Teufel oh Teufel 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, I would have just said twofold. So here we go. HTTPS <laughs> Instagram.com forward slash. What's your, what's your username? Anna, wait, it's my old name. So before I married, Anna Lee. Right. Okay. Coaching. Yeah. Okay. Coaching. And then your name is Anna T E T U E F L. T E U F L. T E T E U. Toyful. I love it. I can do that. Anna Toyful. <laughs> okay perfect it's in the show notes for everyone guys because i know a lot of y'all are like me you're just like what say it again e-u-u-e <laughs> so it's in the show notes it's the first link there for you guys to go um follow along check her out and i hope that people reach out and are look you know yeah definitely I just, like, so definitely you guys forward Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Anna. I really appreciate your story. So relatable, so valuable. You're the best. Thank you for having me. We'll see you guys. We'll see you guys all next week. Bye. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, Again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, 
TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural this is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.